This is Gigi Sabat, and you're listening to the Walk With Me podcast. My guest today is Miss Bus. Welcome to the show, Miss Bus. Hey, G, thank you so much for having me on today. It's always a pleasure to get to connect with you and hang out in the same house, apparently, this evening. <laughs> get out of my house, lady. No, I'm kidding. But such an honor to have you here today, Ms. Bus. Thank you. It's an honor to be here, honestly. Well, I, I'd love to chat it up with you in regards to emotional regulation. Talk to us a little bit more about emotional regulation. Yeah, emotional regulation. So... It's really important for all of us to be able to experience the full range of human emotion. Oftentimes, we get stuck in particular sets of emotion. We can spiral in depression. We can be elated with joy. That one, I think we think about more so. But any emotion, when it becomes too large, can create dysfunctional outcomes, which is important for us to regulate, to be able to control and bring back to a space of neutrality, which can be helped through healthy mindset in really honoring where we are within ourselves and what it is that we need. So being able to come into an understanding of what fills your cup and what takes it away. I like to talk to people a lot about bandwidth, right? So thinking of if you wake up in the morning, you've had a great night's sleep, you had a fantastic like breakfast, you're hanging out with people that you care about, your cup is full, you've got lots of bandwidth, you're really happy, you can take on the whole world. But then you get in your car and you drive to work and somebody cuts you off. And you're like, Arr. and then you get a phone call from a friend who's really upset. And it's hard to listen to them, even though you care about them. And do you want to be there, but you can't and you feel like discord within yourself. And that eats a little bit more bandwidth. And then you get to work and some new project that you didn't anticipate that's going to be take the whole day away from you that you didn't anticipate is there. And it eats some more bandwidth. By the time you get home, that joyful environment that you left in the morning is suddenly extremely frustrating to be around. Like people want dinner or you're just like, my house is messier than I thought it was. <laughs> and it makes it harder for you to engage with the people who you love, who are around you, for instance, because your bandwidth went from a large amount to a very small amount. And so that thing that like somebody said to you in the morning that may have been really easy to just like let go of like a water off a duck's back is suddenly putting you into a frustrating rage. So that's the difference when we talk about the necessity for emotional regulation, to be able to have healthy boundaries and communicate your needs to the people around you to say, hey, I've had a rough day. I need to go do something to help restore myself. Be that a walk outside to extrovert your attention, a hot bath, a good meal, meditation or prayer, whatever really meets the person um, to get them back into space of neutrality, to rebuild their bandwidth so that they can then have the conversation in a healthier way. I love it. Now, what do you tell someone who doesn't have healthy boundaries? A person that doesn't have healthy boundaries um, Gosh, it really depends on why they don't have healthy boundaries. Some people fall into people pleasing, which makes it that they're really afraid that they're going to hurt somebody's feelings if they have boundaries with them, that maybe that person isn't going to like them anymore if they don't do all of the things that they want them to, right? So sometimes when a person doesn't have healthy boundaries, we start with self-worth and an understanding of why boundaries are important. Because boundaries aren't just important for us as individuals, they're also important for the people that surround us. And even our pets for that matter. <laughs> 
you don't want our do the dogs jumping up on the couch maybe or like eating food off the counter but it's hard to tell them no sometimes because they're just so cute and you want to cuddle them but consistency is important right um but with people too consistency is important because oftentimes we are teaching people how to treat us and we forget about that sometimes is that if we allow if we don't have healthy boundaries with people and then they treat us poorly and we don't say anything, we don't do anything, then that person feels like it's okay for them to treat us that way. That makes sense? Yes, ma'am. Very true. Yeah. And so it, and when I say that, it's not about shaming anybody that feels like that's happening. Right. And it's really about saying, Hey, you have the strength to give yourself the autonomy that you need to have those healthy boundaries with other people. And then those people might be like, I never realized that that's the way you felt. Maybe somebody was just coming from a place of ignorance when they were crossing your boundaries and treating you poorly because maybe it had never been modeled for them how to engage with another person in a healthier fashion. Thank you, Mindy. I appreciate that. Maybe another person is malintended. They are like trying to control you or treat you poorly for a purpose that is unkind. And that makes it even more important for you to stand up for yourself and say, I'm not okay with you doing that. Because then that person, then you'll either have a dialogue with them that will result in hopefully resolution. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. When sometimes we have to put somebody in their place when they're treating us poorly in that way. And I don't mean that in an antagonistic fashion, but rather just like what you're doing is not correct. It's not right. It's not fair. It's not kind. And you need to stop that. And a person will either change, apologize, leave, or become antagonistic. And in those times when people become antagonistic, it's important for you to know where your resources are to be able to keep yourself mentally, physically, and financially safe. And that's where education comes in and being able to have people in your life that you trust, be it a friend, a parent, a community member, a pastor, any person that you know that you can outreach to and find support and safety and guidance. That's right. Treat others how you want to be treated. Now, you are also a sexual assault survivor. Tell us a little bit more about your experience. That's true. I am a sexual assault survivor. And um, this is a story that is told only here and there. So I appreciate Gigi holding this safe, sacred space for me to tell my story. So my story comes in three different containers. Um, I was sexually assaulted by my paternal grandfather uh, when I was three months old. And he was, he died three months after that. I didn't really understand much later in life how that impacted me through my life. And I didn't discover that that had happened to me until I was 19 years old. Um, I was also raped when I was 18 years old and um by uh, a guy that i knew and he gave me herpes which i tell that story because i think it's because it has to do with emotional regulation really and the shame that we oftentimes carry through life because of different stigmas that we align ourselves to mm -hmm. that we choose to hold on to I, I also had another sexual assault that happened by somebody that I knew when I was 26 that impacted my relationship and my career. Um, and that's because I was receiving a massage from a male massage practitioner and he assaulted me 
um, fairly heavily in that situation uh, in which it made it really difficult for me to then go back to work, um, you know, the next day or whatnot and give massage to other people as a medical massage therapist, which has been my career for 20 years. And um, yeah, and it made it hard for my boyfriend because a lot of people in relationships don't necessarily understand how it works as a sexual survivorship. So like, that means that the person that you're in a relationship with, how do you support them through the experience of being a sexual assault survivor? How does that impact your relationship? Um, and we just, I feel like as women, we oftentimes don't talk about that. Like I had pain with sex for like most of my life and I didn't know who to talk to about that. I found out later in life that I could go and get um, pelvic floor physical therapy, which helped me tremendously. And I'm a huge advocate for both men and women to receive pelvic floor physical therapy because it can help release muscular and fascial tension in the pelvic floor, which can help after you've had sexual trauma. It can help after you've given birth to a child. It can uh, help even with low back issues. I've had two low back surgeries. <laughs> it gets amazing how many different things that pelvic floor physical therapy can help a person with. So I just like front loaded you with a tremendous amount of deep information. Um, but all of that goes when you're dealing with pain, when you're dealing with shame, when you're dealing with like societal stigma, it can really eat up that bandwidth that you try to carry day to day when you're dealing with life. Cause you just wake up every day and you're just, you're short to one degree or another when dealing with that in different situations. And that's part of why I um, wanted to learn more about emotional regulation because I had depression when I was starting, when I was 13, anxiety and rage. And I didn't know what to do with that. I didn't have necessarily any tools, any modeling. And so I did interpersonal work every day from the time I was 13 years old and I'm now 42. So I just worked and worked and worked and worked and worked at it. And I got to become more balanced and more sane and less depressed. And I my, my bounce back got way better. Like, sure, I still get depression and anxiety sometimes, but I, like, I can bounce faster because I have the tools necessary. And now I have an incredible boyfriend that I'm over the moon excited about and in love with and so grateful for because he has a growth mindset and we're able to have really healthy communication cycles and we have good boundaries and we're able to work through things because we give each other the space to have respectful, responsible, and mindful conversations about the things that matter. I love it. And as a sexual assault survivor myself, my heart truly goes out to you. Thank now, you. You're welcome. Now you mentioned a lot of different facts there as well. And I, I, I want to circle back to, sure. to the trauma that you endured and the depression. Have you overcome your depression? I would say for the, for the most part, I have overcome my depression. Every once in a while, I'll hit a trigger and it'll come back. But like I said before, like my bounce back from my depression is um, a lot faster because when I was younger, I would just bottom me out and I would spend like hours just like staring blankly at a wall, for instance, like it would get really bad. And um, journaling helped me tremendously to get through that. I used to be like a semi-professional Latin dancer. Dancing helped me tremendously with <laughs> my depression. Uh, it was in riding, being around horses helped me a lot, which is in part why my postgraduate degree is in equine assisted learning, because I wanted to help facilitate other people's healing process through in partnership with horses. So, um, yeah. I love it. Now, tell us a little bit more about your global men's summits and 
and the story behind it and why you started it. Yeah, it is a really interesting jump too from what our conversation just was too. So I advocate for equal rights and men's rights, which given the history I just shared with you might surprise the heck out of some of you. But I believe strongly that we shouldn't put people in a box. Um, some people do bad things, unethical things. And, but that doesn't mean that every person that looks or acts like that person is going to treat you in the same regard. And men are, you know, 50% of the population. And like us, they too are human beings who struggle with depression, anxiety, burnout, like OCD. They too experience sexual trauma, which is something that men don't oftentimes get to talk about. And we should create a safe space for men to be able to share vulnerably and be their authentic selves, just as we as women wish to have that same sacred safe space to do so. So at the beginning of the pandemic, I started a YouTube channel called Horsepower Empowerment Through Connection. And I wanted to showcase people that worked with horses that helped other human beings. In that vein, I came across my one of my friends, Jake LaRue, who wanted to vulnerably share his story of being convicted of domestic assault and battery and his journey of redemption through that in partnership with horses. He's an incredible human being and he helps veterans as he is a veteran himself. And so he, <laughs> that's awesome. So he, um, at the end of his interview, he said that he wished he had a group of men to talk to about masculinity. And that's where I had like divine inspiration to say, well, why don't I just host a men's summit? And that's how the men's summits were born. So this is our third annual men's summit on global for globally, really. We tried to get six different continents of men represented from men in the military, men of color, men with disabilities, men with different sexual orientations, men from Hollywood, millionaires. We have men doing interactive activities with horses each day of the summit. And it's really, and sorry, ladies, it's, it's not for you. You can watch the recordings afterwards if you want to, but we really tried to create that sacred container for the men to be supported in. I love it. Now, Mindy East and Daniel Gomez have joined in. Thank you for listening in. And, and also too, you mentioned quite a bit there. So I want to circle back in regards to your summit. You have an upcoming Global Men's Summit. Talk to us a little bit more about it. Yeah. So the Global Men's Summit is on December 9th and 10th on masculinity and mental health, as uh, mental health is often stigmatized across the board, especially for men. And suicide rates for men are three to six times higher than women, dependent upon the country's statistics that you're looking at. And I think that's just really proves that men are needing support. And I create these summits globally because I want people to see that it's about humanity and it doesn't matter where it is that we live in the world, what our politics are, our culture, our religion, the color of our skin, any of it, we're still human beings. And that's really the bottom line. And we're still struggling with the basic emotions and expectations of society and the trauma that we experience across the board. And people need to have a healthy, safe space to be supported in that, to have healthy conversations, to have role modeling. And that's what these men are getting at the summit. They're having people from around the world come forward, share vulnerably about their own stories, the obstacles they overcame, the wisdom they acquired, and have a conversation of how those men can support men who may be struggling with things that are similar. We also have sponsors who have kindly donated. We have three different people who have donated three months worth of coaching, once a week coaching. We have several men who have donated books, including um, Jed Diamond, who's the founder of Man Alive. 
one of the oldest men's groups in America. And so it's really nice to have his support. And we have the Fatherhood Foundation, who's also a supporter and just bringing men together from around the world who just want to provide global resources for other men. I love it. I love how you provide a safe place for men to share their stories and, and to share what they need to share in a, in a safe place. So Thank great you. job there. You're welcome. Thank and also too, I love the fact that you brought up that sexual assault does happen to men because it, that's the reality. It does happen to men as well. So we don't want to exclude that. That is a fact. And also too, you have a few YouTube channels. Talk to us a little bit more about them. Yeah, I do. So I have Global Resources for Men as my YouTube channel where we list different interviews that I've done with men across the globe. And again, with them vulnerably sharing their own stories so that men don't feel so alone. And I think that's great for them to just have a space and see a woman that's supporting them as what the feedback that I usually get is that they don't see a lot of groups headed by a woman that's supporting men. And then Horsepower Empowerment through Connection, um, like I said before, it was founded at the beginning of the pandemic um, when the horse industry was shut down. We're not really a virtual industry usually. So a lot of us were like, what do we do? <laughs> and that's what I kept hearing was a lot of the people in the industry didn't, um, they felt like they were alone and they didn't feel like a lot of people understood what it is that we do in our industry, which is why I started the channel so that people could learn about all the different models that are happening in the world in partnership with horses, because there's like a hundred different models of horsemanship and partnership with people such as therapeutic riding, equine assisted learning, equine facilitated mental health, equine guided education, equine coaching. Like there's just like, there's so many different facets of this and um, ways that people look at it from really, we have, we have horse powered reading. So we can have people that like kids that are literally being helped to learn how to read in partnership with horses. They also have horse powered math. So there's just like so many ways we can partner with horses to make life better for both people and horses. I love it. Bullseye. Mindy hit it on the nail. She says, I'm a horse girl. Yes, she, that is a fact for sure. And I love horses. Now, what if someone wants to build a relationship with a horse and they want to get out, but they're afraid, you know, oftentimes folks are afraid to even hop on a horse. So what do you say to those folks? It's true. You know, I think that with anything in life, but especially horses, it's really about meeting yourself where you are. Like honoring, like, Hey, I'm afraid of horses. And I, when people come out and tell me that, I said, that's totally fine. I have my moments of fear too, since I've had my two back surgeries, right? So we can start with people on the other side of the fence line from the horses. And I mean, horses can hear from up to two miles away, which a lot of people don't realize. And our energy bubbles, our magnetic field that's around our bodies, the horses have an even larger magnetic field. So like we can get close to them and we can energetically interact with them without having to be extremely close to them, which is also helpful because then you understand how your energy can impact other people as well. Even if you're just not, you're not saying anything at all. So really just starting with, Hey, I'm going to be in the space with the horse and I'm going to ground myself. I'm going to emotionally regulate myself to come into a space of neutrality and peace and then I'm going to give the horse the autonomy to come to me as it wants to. That's the work that I love doing is working with horses at liberty. So for people who don't know what that is, it's when we're not connected by a rope or a saddle or whatnot with the horse. And it gives them the autonomy to engage with us how they see fit and us honoring them as sentient beings. I love it. Tell us a little bit more about your membership. 
Yeah, absolutely. So the Playful Pivot membership is for the ladies. <laughs> I like to be balanced in what it is that I'm offering. And it's really about helping people find joy during times of transition. So, and I think that takes multiple layers. So each month we deep dive into a particular topic. So last month, um, November, this is the last day of our month of November, we focus on finances. So I had financial experts come on once a week from various areas to deep dive into that conversation. And the members are able to engage with them there. And we have our library and then we have our middle section uh, for membership, which has to do with the live calls. And then our top membership, you get to have a tailored one-on-one -on -one session with me every month on top of that. And so next month we have inner child work. And then the month after that, for instance, we're deep diving into relationships. So I love it. Now, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? Oh, my advice for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness would be to really dive deep into who it is that you are in authentic space, because it is more difficult to walk with purpose if you don't know who it is that you are and who you are willing to own being. And finding happiness is that same thing, just to be willing to be unapologetically authentic yet mindful, because when we're being mindful with how we engage with the world, we don't usually need to apologize. And that's where freedom and joy lives, you know, and just being, being playful, being playful. And that's why I called it the playful pivot, because I love to play. I love to play in a space of wonder in childlike nature and just be free because I think as adults, oftentimes we forget how to play. And that's what keeps us happy. I think in our soul is when we can be true to ourselves and the people around us and just play. Wow. Very intriguing and great point, by the way. <laughs> Very honored to have you as a guest on the podcast. Now, where can the audience find you, Ms. Buss? Thank you, Gigi. Um, they can find me at www.globalequineaffiliates.com. And you can book a discovery call or a collaboration call if you're interested in doing empowerment coaching with me or getting to do a fun podcast. You can be on my show. Um, and just there are so many options. But with the empowerment coaching, I love to tailor it for each person's in front of me because I have had a varied life experience and I can meet people on multiple levels. But the great thing is too, is that I have a vast ne network of people in my life and coaches and whoever else. And if we don't click for any reason, I'm sure that I can connect you with somebody else who will help you have you living your best life possible. That's very true. Now, Mindy E says, excellent. It's all about being free of judgment and lifting up your energy. And as we were just talking about earlier, before, before we hopped on here, we talked <laughs> about the energy and how it was so high. So great point. Wow. Wow. My goodness. So great. Likewise. It's, it's true. Yeah. Just be free of judgment, judgment of yourself and other people. The only time judgment is really important is when you're making a true decision, like when to cross the street and not getting run over. That's right. Take notes. <laughs> Take notes. This was such an honor to have you here today. God bless you and be safe. Thank you. Likewise, my friend. I appreciate you. God bless you as well. Amen. <laughs>